This is WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now, your host, Bart Walker. Well, good morning to you. Welcome in on WGNS. We are looking at law and order here in Murfreesboro, starting the year off with our friends from the Murfreesboro Police Department. Murfreesboro Police Chief Michael Bowen is with us this morning. Michael, good morning to you. Good morning, Bart. Did you have a good new year? Yes, sir. How about you? I did. Had a lot of fun. Uh, stayed up till yeah. midnight. <laughs> a lot of football games to watch. Oh, lots of fun. <laughs> Great games. Yes. And uh, you brought with you this morning uh, Captain Clayton Williams. Clayton, good morning to you. Good morning, Bart. Great to have you with us today. Thanks. And Larry Flowers, the public information officer here as well. Larry, good morning. Good morning, Bart. It's been... Uh, a full year for everybody and as you look back over that year are there any issues that uh, sort of come to mind that have helped you out in in becoming a better police department for this new year oh we've uh, been fortunate in a lot of ways uh, we've been able to accomplish a lot of our goals from 2023 or at least get started on them uh, uh, some of the, and you know, I always go back to one of the biggest things that we're going back to, and uh, I get calls on it and emails on it and questions about it, so I don't mind bringing it up and talking about it uh, uh, continuously. Uh, and that's our real time crime center and getting that thing up and running. I know the next uh, component of that, uh, we still have to get it approved, uh, is uh, the uh, shot spotter technology. So we're continuing to work towards that, and it's already. Uh, showing it's not even fully implemented and uh, it's already shown that it's uh, paying off so uh, I encourage people if they have questions about that uh, reach out and ask uh, questions uh, I know as we go through our CPA classes that's a component that we teach and as we have uh, tour groups come through we show them uh, what we're doing and just uh, kind of informing them uh, the technologies we're using and, and how it's applied in, in our day-to-day duties. Now these shots fired I think there was a, a program that we talked about. There was a hundred and something shots fired, and you found that ninety something of those were were actually shots fired. Found divisive. Uh, right, and I didn't bring those exact numbers with me, but yeah. So uh, basically, so basically, uh, uh, we we go through a process where if we get shots fired, call. We try to confirm, you know, whether or not it was actually shots fired or whether it was fireworks, a vehicle, uh, other types of things. But uh, we do, for most of the calls we get, they are confirmed uh, in one way or another. And then uh, what we're looking at doing is we're looking at, uh, we've had cases where uh, shots have been fired, houses hit, something like that uh, may occur. And then we find out that uh, nobody called us or they called us a day or two later. Uh, so what this technology will help us do is it'll detect those. It'll send information to the police department to where officers will be get alerted of a potential shots fired calls, and it will direct them to the specific area where it's occurring so to where they'll get real-time notification as those incidents occur. And hopefully that'll help us uh, uh, preserve evidence. Hopefully that'll help us uh, maybe uh, uh, catch a vehicle leaving the area, uh, something like that. But uh, it, it's, it's a good investment. Uh, it doesn't cover the entire city. We've identified areas where we get the most number of uh, those types of calls and uh, we'll we'll start there and just kind of see how it works and if it uh, proves to be beneficial we'll probably expand on it and if not we can always uh, reevaluate so this actually detects sound right records the sound and it can determine whether it's a 
well, firecracker or backfire no, no, of a car. No. Or what it does is it detects the sound, and we can actually uh, receive the sound and uh, be able to hear it ourselves, and then uh, uh, confirm it or not. Some, some, a lot of these things are hard to hard to tell. Shots fired. Uh, there's, there's, there's certain things it's hard to distinguish between what they are. So uh, whatever the sound is, uh, you'll have some, you'll have some. Uh, I won't call them false because they're actually detecting the sound, but you'll have sounds that may be something other than a gunshot. But it's sent to us, and we can make those determinations. Now, a lot of people who have uh, these doorbell devices and things of that sort, they have reports on them that there was a shot fired they heard or a a blast or something. Uh, And I've heard long before there was a ring doorbell even thought of, uh, people were reporting sounds of uh blast going on like dynamite or it you know could be could be little tremors who knows what it might be do you detect those as well i no 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 now a, a blast or something like that would probably pick up on something something like that but uh, uh like i said it's it's acoustics it's sound acoustics and uh that's basically what it focuses on Okay, uh, so those will be in place. Some of them are already in place. No, no, we still have to get those uh, presented and approved, and then once uh, once we get that accomplished, then we will look at uh, the placement of, of those devices. Okay. And, and, and like I said, the biggest reasons I talk about those is just to let people, even though they're not approved yet, is to let people know what our planning is, what our thought process is, so that uh, uh, if people have questions, concerns, they can bring those forward. Now, do you have, uh, uh, are you able to move those units around, or yeah, is it Yeah, fixed? yeah, most of the technologies we use uh, are movable. Uh, of course, you, it's more than just going pulling up a stake and sticking it in the ground somewhere else. It's, it's a lot not more, on a trailer. <laughs> yeah, it, it's more complicated than that, but it can be moved because we know as time uh as time passes, as the city grows, as, as trends change, that uh, there will probably be a need to reevaluate and say, hey, look, uh, no longer having issues here, having issues over here, so let's move this uh, equipment over there. And then you can always add to the equipment. Uh, uh, if you need to maintain what you have, you can always add to it. But it'll be a, it'll be an interesting year to be able to see that uh fully uh, operational and just kind of seeing what kind of results and like i said initially we're not even up and running we're already starting to see results from some of the technologies that are in place so now you were able to track through uh, the readout uh, license readouts uh in another county uh a person who had just committed a crime here in rutherford county and you ultimately i think apprehended uh, those people so some of the technology is in place at least other places and other areas. Do it, we have any of this technology here in Murfreesboro? So, so, so it's yeah. So that's just LPR technology, and uh, that's in place in a lot of areas. Uh, I was surprised. I was driving through a, a country road in West Tennessee and saw some of the same uh, LPRs that we have here. So it's utilized in a lot of areas, uh, but uh, we have. Uh, I'm trying to think, 40-something uh, uh, LPRs up and running right now. And then uh, we have also... Uh, in Murfreesboro itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's been up and running for uh, a few months now. And uh, then we have uh, uh, the public safety camera systems. And they're, they're a little bit different. Uh, uh, the LPRs, 
actually collect vehicle information, doesn't collect personal information, doesn't collect anything about the individual driving the car. It just collects the car tag and, and the vehicle information. Uh, so those are up and running. Then we have the uh, camera systems were actually video cameras that will be uh, placed at various locations. And uh, those uh, then will be supplemented by the gunshot uh, shot spotter technology. and. Um, I gotta be careful to using shot spotter technology because there's a vendor. So when I refer to gunshot technology, I'm not referring to any particular vendor right now. Uh, shot spotter just is kind of a natural flow, I think, sometimes when describing it. Uh, but uh, but uh, those are the three technologies I think that we'll focus on. Then once we get those up and running, I think we'll kind of just uh, see how that uh, works for the next uh, uh, foreseeable f future and then uh, and just kind of kind of go from there but it's it, it's 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 interesting stuff and it's a uh, pretty effective but we have some of that technology in place now but some of it will be added yeah 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 so the LPR technology is in place the camera systems uh, we like everybody we have to go through a permitting process to get these things installed uh, uh, properly throughout the city so our vendor is still working i thought that the uh, camera systems the video camera systems would have been up and running by now but I, I i know that they're actively working on that and i would encourage everybody if you can go to our our, our web page uh, we have actually a link to the real-time crime center uh, brief video, some frequently asked questions. If you have any questions, feel free to ask us. Because if it's a if it's a good question, we'll add it to the to to the website and just uh, let uh, everybody have access to our answer on that. Uh, I know at one point we were looking at keeping uh, the LPR technology for 90 days. Looks like we may keep it for 30 days. Uh, the state law lets you keep it up 90 days, but it looks like we may reduce it down to 30 days. So that's something that we'll fix on the website. But uh, like I said, it's interesting stuff. It's uh, effective. And uh, the big thing to remember is, and I acknowledge that there's privacy concerns involving all this. And, and, and uh, we're going to uh, uh, do our due diligence to be good stewards of this type of technology. And uh, in fact, I think we're even adding our policy online to where people can link to the state law. They can link to our policy on how we use it and, and what, what uh, safeguards we have in place. So. So it's it's uh, it's sort of a variation of the red light camera, and I never did understand why some people were against that. I mean, you ran a red light. Why is that wrong to give you a ticket? Yeah. Uh, and here you are, you're out, and you yeah. commit a crime in a vehicle. Why is it wrong for a license plate reader to get your license plate? Yeah. Why yeah. are people against that? Uh like I said, privacy issues, and those are legit. I mean, I think people are just concerned about those things, and I think a lot of times we can explain how they're how they're used. Uh, the big thing to remember this between red light and uh, the red light camera systems and the current technology being used, there are citations or things like that are not being issued off of anything that we capture. So. Uh, uh, this technology is more used for, and we, 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 this is an example that we've had. You get a silver alert, uh, vehicles entering the system, you can pick up on that. And that's that's one of the stories that we've had. That's why I'll use that as a first reference. Uh, you have a crime involving a certain type of vehicle, that's when that would be used. So in no way would we issue a citation for traffic or anything like that from any of this technology. It's just, like I said, it's it's they're placed in areas where 
the normal plug public would have access to videotape or, or do things. Uh, so like the video cameras, public areas, they're not looking in people's backyards, things like that. Uh, LPR systems, same things are on public roadways. Anybody would have access to those roadways and observe those vehicles going through there. The big difference is we're just collecting the, uh, the, the, the vehicle information as it goes by. It does not collect personal information. When do you think we will have this fully running and, and protecting our community? Well, the, 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 the hugest component, the LPR technology, is in place, and that's probably the most beneficial uh, component of the system. So it's in place. And uh, like I said, we have 40-something, I, I can't remember the exact number, because we're still installing a few. And I, uh, I know they're still trying to get uh, some of those up and running, so the exact number, but we have 40-something already up. And, and those are all placed on what we call non-state highways that are placed on uh, municipal routes. Uh, there's a different permitting process for being uh, able to place those on state right-of-ways uh, than uh, just putting them on city streets. So uh, you'll see most of them are not on the state right-of-ways or state highways, uh, and that's something that we look to do here in the future. Here's a question from a listener. They say that uh, if I had someone hit me and injured me from a hit and run, they drove away, didn't stop, and I was seriously injured, would it be wrong to use the license plate readers to apprehend that car, at least to find out where that car is? Absolutely, because that, that crime has been committed. It's a vehicular crime, but a uh, crime has been committed. And if you know a vehicle, especially if you're seriously injured, I mean, that, that could lead to uh, pretty serious charges. So absolutely, that would be, you know, we'd be able to say, hey, such and such vehicle, uh, well, we'd be able to look into the system uh, after we find a direction of travel or whatever, description, tag, whatever it may be, and, and locate, or hopefully locate. Of course, you'd have to have the license plate number. <laughs> right, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what, what, so can you get that off of cameras that, uh, like you mentioned, the traffic cameras that are out there? Can you, is, is that probing okay. into someone's uh, private life? Okay, so we don't have... We don't maintain what you would call traffic cameras. Okay. We have LPR cameras. Okay. What are those? Those. I mean, what is different? The, the, those are the license plate readers. A lot of the cameras. Oh, okay. a, a lot of the cameras that you see around the intersections and things like that. Those aren't ours. They're the city's, but we don't operate them. We don't. And the city won't share that with you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Didn't. I mean, I just think we're all. I thought we were all a team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, they, they don't record. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's that's what they use. So, yeah, I say that to say they're two separate operations and two separate technologies. Okay. So, so okay. yeah. Uh, so all the LPR does is it, it takes the tag information, and uh, like I said, if it, if you have a vehicle description, vehicle tag numbers, it it picks up on that, and then we can say, hey, that vehicle has been through this location. If there's a if there's an LPR system nearby, but they're uh, not on every yeah, stoplight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, th I think uh, somebody commented on the last radio show about uh, about. Uh, uh, why didn't the other jurisdiction pick it up? Well, they could. Maybe they didn't have LPR technology. Maybe they did have LPR technology, and it just wasn't in the location where that vehicle passed. There's a lot of things that uh, uh, that can uh, occur uh, when you start looking at other jurisdictions. Fortunately, uh, the 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 I think it was Clarksville, Montgomery County that that did have that uh, technology working and was able to uh, be utilized by us. So, isn't LPR is a picture. This is really going to sound 
basic, cause, but that's the way my mind is. <laughs> it, it, is the picture made by an LPR camera different from a picture made by a regular camera? Does the LPR camera show a picture of the vehicle, or does it somehow sense the license plate reading only? It'll show a rear view of the vehicle. Okay, yeah. and it's a real clean, real clean picture, yeah. or usually clean, I right. guess. Right. Uh, and for the high-tech uh, facility that you're locating at the police department, uh, you've got the room for it. You just don't have all of the equipment yet. Yeah. Yeah. The high-tech high facility, yeah, it's, it's actually a small room with, <laughs> with some TV monitors on the wall. It's a closet Larry's office. And a few desks, but it's adequate. It's what it, it, it's sufficient for what we need. So, uh, And like I said, it's just a couple of analysts. We don't monitor them uh, 24 hours. It's just uh, and, and the whole term real-time uh, crime center. All that means is that you're getting information in real time and able to process it quickly versus having to go out and... Uh, uh, look for it in other ways so it's uh it's it's something that uh we can't i mean we would never have the uh ability to monitor at 24 hours but it is something that we can access at any time our phone number is 615-893-1450 and we're talking law and order our friends from the murfreesboro police department are with us this morning stay with us we'll be right back Two powerful FM signals, one AM signal, and worldwide on WGNSRadio.com. You can listen to us anywhere. We are WGNS Murfreesboro. If you're about to pop that big question, then you need to start at Bell Jewelers because we have the rings for you. And I can just see my granddad saying, nothing sparkles like a Bell Jewelers diamond. Hi, this is Trevor Tidwell at Bell Jewelers. We're seeing here at Bell Jewelers a really popular solitaire rings and ovals, radiant, cushion. We have a huge selection of that at Bell Jewelers, so come on in. We're a family business, and we're just here to help your family. Bell Jewelers, 821 Northwest Broad, across from Toots. We're broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios. Middle Tennessee Electric, serving Rutherford County since 1936. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell from Music World and Drummer's Den. We offer a good assortment of everything. We have new guitars, Gill, Seagull, Godin, lots of brands vintage guitars. We have everything you need, keyboards, drums, and every instrument you can think of. We would welcome you to come in and look around, see what you can find that you have to have. The Music World and Drummer's Den is located at 2762 South Church Street, right across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurants. One of the new menu items that we have added is our Salmon Imperial. Our Salmon Imperial is a fresh cut piece of salmon with shrimp and a crab meat blend, and then we've put our Alfredo sauce on top of it. It's great for a low-carb diet that you can get with spinach, but also it just has an amazing flavor with a mixture of all those flavors between the shrimp, Alfredo, and then our salmon. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner seven days a week at Demas's. Schedule online anytime. Getting an appointment with Ascension Care Teams at St. Thomas just got easier with online scheduling. Now you don't have to break away from your day to book the care you need when and where you need it. No matter where you are or what you're up to, whether you're a new patient or if you've been here before, just pick the appointment that works for you. Schedule online anytime at getsthealthcare.com.
Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. Welcome back. I want to say happy birthday to Susan Honeycutt Robinson. She is the winner of our delicious banana pudding this morning from Slick Pig Barbecue. Susan Honeycutt Robinson, happy birthday to you. Our good neighbor of the day is Nancy Stockwell, person who's always making the toughest days better with her positivity. And she'll be receiving flowers from Jenny Harrison and the family at Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts. By the way, if you know a good neighbor and want to honor them, let them know who they are. Let us, uh, tell us about them. Tell us why they should be the good neighbor. Send us their name, address, and phone number, and who knows? They could be our next good neighbor. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. We're focusing on law and order and visiting with us this morning from the Murfreesboro Police Department, Murfreesboro Police Chief Michael Bowen, Captain Clayton Williams, along with Public Information Officer Larry Flowers. And Larry is the one who puts together so many of those uh, visuals that you see on the police department's Facebook page. And you have a tour that uh, if you're wanting to see what it looks like to see the uh, high-tech center, uh, Larry can take you on a tour of that by way of, by way of Facebook. So uh, just head on over there <laughs> by the magic of electronics. Yeah, but I don't want to set expectations. It's not NCIC where you're going to have these big fancy rooms. It's, it's, it really is a small room with like three desks. <laughs> now, Larry, Larry can make it but, uh, as big as you want. So, right? uh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So it's like I said, it's uh, it, it's definitely uh, been something that's been good for us. You know, we, we've been fortunate in a lot of ways that we had uh, one of our biggest interests in uh, police department employment is our uh, crime scene investigators and our our crime analysts and they do a, a, a wonderful job for us and it's really and I think a lot of that NCICS to kind of drive, drove those uh, career paths for a lot of people so as we go into uh, uh, as we went in, well, last budget year, we uh, added uh, some more crime scene investigators, and it's just uh, another way for us to approach uh, crime solving. They do a real good job in going out crime scenes, processing crime scenes, and uh, they really get... Uh, they really get to become subject matter experts in a lot of areas. So I say that to say this, this year's going to be a big year for us. I know that we're still hiring police officers. I know that we continually uh, advertise positions as we add new types of positions. So I'd encourage anybody interested in those types of career paths to get online, to, uh, to uh, look for those job postings and to compete and uh, just really uh, – uh, become a part of a great organization. So uh, I'd encourage that at all levels. So, Are today's police officers different from what they were 20, 30 years ago? I mean, you, you said we're not the NCIC that you see on TV, but we're a lot closer to it than we used to. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The, the ability to do so many things always changed so much. 
I've probably seen, we've probably seen more changes in the past 10 years than we did the first 25 years in my career. So it, it uh, technology, all these uh, abilities to do things, it's rapidly evolving. It's good stuff. And there's a lot of, uh, not only in just material type things, there's a, also a lot of good ideas and new approaches to addressing crime issues. And, uh, and it's, uh, uh, you know, you look at hiring police departments. So a lot of police departments started going to the, uh, the, the, I hate using the word civilian staff, but I can't find a better word right now. Uh, yeah, civilian staff for like a crime scene process and things like that. And it has really worked out well. And, and they're really good at what they do. Uh, you know, get people from uh, universities with forensic degrees, things like that. And they, they, do a, they do a wonderful job for us. And a lot of people don't realize that the tying in with the university, their forensic department is is one of the tops in the nation right right uh we do uh, have an internship uh program at mtsu and we we tried to prioritize mtsu because uh they're right in our backyard and we'd like to give them a uh, first opportunity but there are also uh if we can't find any uh, uh candidates uh from the, from the university and that's mainly just due to a, a lack of people applying typically when we have uh, applicants we uh, are able to make selections uh, we will open it up to uh, other universities as well but that's been pretty successful for us especially when it comes to the uh, uh, the police officer end of it because I think most of the people that we've had as interns uh, police interns we have actually hired and several of them have moved up pretty high in ranks uh, at the police department so that's always encouraging to see that program at work so. we have a, another comment from a listener they say they've noticed that uh, the conversation has uh, sparkled up again about the forensic center for murfreesboro and rutherford county uh, that they thought it was dead when it didn't go over at state farm but looks as if it may be located in smyrna now at the uh, part of the old air base uh, is that something that murfreesboro police w- police would benefit from Absolutely. Now, I'll have to say that I'm, I don't know a lot about the conversation since it's happening at a county level, and uh, I'm not a part of that, but that would absolutely be something that would be beneficial uh, to, to all the law enforcement agencies in the county. So uh, the municipal uh, agencies, definitely, definitely. Anytime you can have something like that uh, a little bit closer to home and and uh, uh, manage at a, a more local level, yeah, yeah, that, that'd definitely be a benefit for us. Now, at one of those forensic centers, they do, I guess, a lot more than just autopsies. I mean, that's one of their main functions, uh, and and one of the reasons we need it here. Right. But um, that would they, be the, that would be the primary. Uh, okay, so they don't do the NCIC investigations there. No, they just they would do the medical exams. Okay, turn the mic a little toward you a little bit if you don't mind. Uh, and then so, uh, but it would be beneficial for for you at the police department. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that, Bart. Uh, I I get told that I talk loud, so I just oh. didn't want to. I didn't want to be. That's right. Uh, so we, I kinda, we can always turn you up and down here, but uh, if it's facing you, it's a whole lot clearer. Yeah. 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 So. And, and and I've heard uh, just uh, the caller. I've heard those same discussions, but really haven't been a part of any uh, significant discussions other than that the idea was being tossed around again. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely encouraged if if it can be accomplished. Very good. Uh, let's talk a little about traffic in the area. Traffic's always very much a part of the concerns of the community we have a few questions about the traffic 
But uh, Clayton Williams, you uh, were very involved in traffic, still are involved in it. But uh, back in the days when you were on the motorcycle, uh, you were very involved. Is is traffic, um, that's still a major concern here. It's more of it, and it's more congestion. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, that's not something that's probably going to go away. I mean, with growth, just like a lot of other things, it, uh, it's a byproduct of that. And infrastructure, it takes time to get that updated. And uh, as, as we continue to grow, though, we still manage our efforts to uh, do our best to find those folks that are breaking the law when they're driving and, and uh, address those either through education uh, we, or enforcement. We've got some great partnerships with the Tennessee Highway Safety Office that allows us to work uh, together on some of those bigger problems in some of those more visible areas with the Sheriff's Office, Smyrna, Laverne, Highway Patrol. Um, I know the Highway Patrol has significantly increased their presence of troopers in Rutherford County, so if you're seeing more of those folks out on the interstate, uh, that's why. Uh, but we uh, here locally we we take it very seriously uh that's one of the reasons why we have the uh online reporting for traffic complaints uh as neighborhoods continue to grow and develop uh just means more through traffic uh so we we're uh sympathetic to that it's something that's on our radar no pun intended all the time uh so we want to make sure that we're giving those things and those problems the attention it deserves so that you know it it's a it is really a quality of life issue uh, and it's frustrating and uh yeah, we would just ask everybody to be patient, be considerate of everybody else, and uh, it, it it will make everything work a whole lot better and take your time where you're going. Very good. Speaking of traffic, this uh, is an incident that happened uh, a few days ago on 231 Lebanon Highway uh, at Cherry Lane. A uh-huh. uh, car went off the road. Person, uh, it was a fatal accident. Uh, that area has been an area of concern for quite a while. Subtle like Bradyville Pike, a lot of traffic, two lanes. Uh, and it also, like Bradyville Pike, has been uh, on the drawing board for widening. Yeah. Uh, do you think that would have made a difference? What was the cause of the, it was a single vehicle accident. Yeah. Um, in this case, I don't know that the roadway design had, would have, or a shoulder would have made a difference. Um, Obviously, we, you know, it's tragic anybody lose their life in a in a car accident, especially somebody, a young person. Um, and uh, this this was just one of those uh, unfortunate accidents. Uh, and uh, it's still under further. I mean, they haven't finished their whole investigation yet, but uh, preliminary reports that the vehicle just kind of left the road. Uh, and, uh, nothing that uh, was trying to you know avoid or impacted that to do so so uh, i'm sure they'll look more into that with after the medical exam's done and and uh, and all that and look at the vehicle information but uh, th- yeah i don't think roadway in this case would have made any impact it's just uh, i think the biggest thing we can encourage people to do is you know, driving is it's a very by nature it's a dangerous thing it doesn't matter even in this case where if you're you know out late and there's not a lot of traffic uh, it's this was 11:30 at night so th- during that area during that time there wasn't a lot of traffic on the roadway uh, but encourage especially if you have teenagers that are driving you know there's so many things vying for their attention uh, and sometimes driving becomes the the second focus versus the the primary and and things like this can happen when that occurs and we hate to see it um, and we would love to uh, 
you know not ever have to investigate these because they'd be uh non-existent but unfortunately that's going to take a lot of a lot of change on uh, human behavior and um yeah so we again our we we're sympathetic and our thoughts go out to the family of that uh, that lost this young man and uh, we just encourage everybody that's close to him around him remind everybody how dangerous this can be and to make it a priority to operate safe and pay attention to what's going on i think people don't realize how quickly something can happen if you glance at your cell phone if you reach over to do something and radios are different from sure. what they used to be you used to just tune the dial sure there's a whole panel of things to look at and push buttons and things that'll definitely keep your attention away for longer than it should doesn't take long to uh to be diverted and you look up and there's a tree yeah yeah no it's a you have something falling on the floor you know the phone falling you're trying to grab it or you know we uh you know combine that with uh, if you're if you've been up too long if you're tired uh if you just uh you know got something else on your mind uh it's uh we we just don't i just don't think in general and i say we i'm including everybody uh, that we just don't take that that uh, operation of vehicles as serious as we should it's uh we kind of take it for granted that we're gonna hop in get behind the wheel and get somewhere and not have any issues but uh we we just yeah over time that kind of becomes something that's just a trite thing that we do every day and we don't consider the what can happen in the reality of uh, here's a question from a listener who says that they had remembered your conversations earlier, and it uh, certainly made them think when you were talking during the COVID era of people driving too fast, uh, and there were fewer cars on the road. They're wondering, have those cars slowed down any, or have they kept the speed? Based on my emails and phone calls, no. Uh, <laughs> it just seems like... a. It just seems like it's not isolated. Used to, you'd have uh, certain areas where you can go out and pretty much set up uh, traffic enforcement because they were chronic areas. But uh, you kind of see a wide pattern of, 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 of poor driving. I mean, for lack of better terms, I mean, it's it's in a lot of places, uh, which is one of the reasons last year we uh, uh, started the traffic unit. And hopefully this year that is something that we can uh expand on the big thing to remember is uh uh that we have the ability to report those traffic complaints online i've got a lieutenant two sergeants and some police officers that uh that work that particular unit so uh, what we can do is we can go in we can take those complaints we can uh, analyze them we have the ability to set up cameras in the neighborhood yeah, totally different time camera than the other ones we were talking about. Uh, but basically, it collects data and it tells us, you know, how many cars go through a neighborhood, how what the speeds are, what the average speeds are, and things like that. And it tells us times to where we can say, all right, there is a problem in this particular neighborhood, uh, and and put the proper resources in place to be able to uh, help. Uh, drive that poor driving uh, down uh, you'll find a lot of times that uh, in some neighborhoods people same drivers every day especially on the smaller roads so uh, typically you can send a message pretty quick uh, with enforcement activity but uh, there's other places that are chronic there's one particular road in town I know a lady's replaced a fence several times put up a new one drive by the other day and it's not down again and I'm like wow it's just uh, some of it's really challenging and the big issue is if you get a uh, 85% of your cars that are doing the speed limit or at or, or or near the speed limit, it's just, it's uh, getting those other uh, 15%, and that that's what the challenge is because all it takes is one 
one poor driver to come through and, and kind of mess things up. So, so we see it, and then there's always the uh, the other issues uh, related to driving that, uh, you know, the noise, uh, things like that, that, that cause uh, concern for a lot of people. And I guess uh, a lot of these roads are getting extra traffic uh, on them. Haynes Drive, for example, right? Uh, that that's one of them that seems to be uh, commented on through our text messages quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, people say that nobody goes 30 miles an hour on Haynes, and they said uh, if you went 35, people will be behind you uh, on your bumper, and you feel like you need to speed up. What do you do in things like that? Uh, if you're driving down Haynes Drive and people mm-hmm. want to get on your bumper, just do the speed limit. I mean, that, that I wouldn't speed up because you don't want to be the cause of an accident going too fast, especially that's kind of a curvy road and residential area. You know, it's just a... Uh, it's it's one of those things don't feel that you have to drive uh bond uh, beyond your abilities or or exceed the speed limit just because everybody else is in a hurry now you mentioned that you're checking the speed limits of different roads is this the trailer that i see out with the speed limit on it no no uh we actually we're seeing that a lot these days yeah yeah we tried to yeah we tried to move those to areas uh I think right now they're uh, on the east side of town. Uh, but now the, the camera that we use, we want to get real information. So by having those cameras in conjunction with the, we call it a stealth cam, mm-hmm. uh, having those, uh, I don't know that we're seeing real traffic patterns. So we try to do it in a way to where people know we're not watching. So we get, we're getting real information because uh, the, the, the trailers would naturally slow people down and then you'd probably not get the best results on your camera. So we tried to get the most accurate information. We tried to do that in the way that people don't notice that we're collecting it. That way we can look at a neighborhood and say, Oh, there is a traffic problem or now 90% of the cars are doing the speed limit. Uh, and it's, 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 it's pretty amazing. Uh, the, the number of vehicles that pass through, uh, uh, this town on a regular basis, and uh, again, that information is, is pretty valuable in helping us focus our resources. We're going to pause for just a moment. When we come back, if you could sort of check some figures and uh, let us know some of the roads that seem to have the fastest drivers. They're breaking the speed limits more than some other roads. People need to be aware of these, uh, and if you're on those roads, I guess, do as Chief Bowen said. Don't be the one that speeds up. Go the speed limit and uh, don't be the one that causes an accident. All Sports Talk, weekdays at 5. WGNS, your good neighbor station. Brotherhood County's place to talk. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. (coughs) Oh, this cold. Honey? (laughs) Honey? Honey, you need DayQuil Severe Honey. DayQuil Severe Honey gives you powerful cold and flu symptom relief with a honey-licious taste. Because life doesn't stop for a cold. Okay, I'm ready to go. (coughs) Now I'm getting a cold. 
Honey. Try Dayquil Severe Honey for powerful cold and flu relief. Dayquil Severe with honey flavor. The daytime coughing, aching, stuffy head, fever, honeylicious, power through your day, medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Sometimes I struggle to get to sleep. My body stopped for the day, but my mind is still running. So I take Z-Quil. Z-Quil, the world's number one sleep aid brand, has a range of non-habit forming products to fit you and your family's needs. Invest in a great night's sleep for the best you tomorrow. I'm awake and ready to take on anything. Better days start with Z-Quil nights. Explore our products at zquil.com. Use is directed. Keep out of reach of children. We're back, the final segment of our program. We're talking law and order here in the heart of Tennessee. Visiting with us from the Murfreesboro Police Department, Murfreesboro Police Chief Michael Bowen, along with Captain Clayton Williams and Public Information Officer Larry Flowers. You had something you wanted to uh, be sure that we had properly on the radio, uh, and that's uh, about uh, the medical examiner's Right, right. So just uh, just to uh, make sure, the medical uh, examiner uh, that the caller was referring to is something that we'd send for uh, post-mortem type uh, exams. We would still utilize the TBI crime lab, so they wouldn't do analysis of, 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 of evidence that we'd submit. We'd still submit that to the state. So they're basically two separate operations that uh, have different uh, missions, so to speak. So uh, just want to make sure we were clear on that, that, that they would not be somebody that would process our evidence they would do like I said do uh, medical exams post-mortem type examinations so an autopsy for a non-criminal activity is one thing but if it's a an autopsy for uh, an event that has had a crime no, that's a different no, one no 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 they would both go to the same place uh, what we'd use uh, it would not be a place that would examine drugs clothing, DNA evidence, things like that. It would not be used for that. Uh, we would still utilize the TBI crime lab for that. And, and then, then all your medical exams, your postmortem type exams would go to this particular facility. And and I, the caller referred to, uh, I guess, the location, potential right. location. Yeah, so, yeah. And like I said, I haven't been uh, involved in any detailed discussions on any of that. So. Okay. So, so, but the crime lab will still be the crime lab, the TBI crime lab for if I get a bag of weed, bag of cocaine, something like that, you send it there. Now, we had mentioned we, when we came back onto this break that we would talk about some of the roads that are showing up toward the top, uh, the most uh, speed roads, the roads that have the highest problem with speeders and uh, accidents, things of that sort. What are some of those roads that uh, we need to be aware of? So uh, I, we didn't bring any of that detailed information for that, but I can tell you that it's pretty chronic uh, across the city. Uh, there's some places that get more complaints than others, and realistically, when you look at the numbers, they're not really any worse of a problem than some cities in the road. So there's a lot of things to look at but uh, when, when you examine these. But uh, to have specific uh, roads to mention right now, uh, I don't have any of those and I can tell you a lot of the ones the ones that, that we get complaints on uh, probably have similar problems to most uh, city streets so man, we just always go back to residential areas uh, just any of these areas especially that uh, that uh, that that people just use uh, be cautious uh, teach those younger drivers you know uh, good driving uh, habits and just uh, really uh, help out in our efforts to reduce these uh, 
these uh, complaints. It's uh, a lot going on, a lot going on. Very definitely. Now, uh, for people who are wanting to learn more about ways to reduce uh, traffic problems, they have children, they want to pass along to the teenagers how to drive more carefully. Are there programs uh, for kids to do that? You said parents pass it on, but sometimes uh, it comes it's remembered better if it comes from somebody else oftentimes yeah i find that to be my experience in a lot of things uh, uh sometimes your kids don't want to hear you tell them they want to hear somebody <laughs> but somebody the list else. is uh, listen to somebody else but yeah there's a lot of good things out there and you know we focus on uh, uh on and uh on on we talk about teenagers, and a lot of theirs is just due to experience but we've got uh, our, our share of uh, adults and people who are more uh uh, a lot older that uh, uh, display poor driving habits as well. So I think that it's uh, collectively uh, just across the board that a lot of people can things people can work on. But uh, Clayton, I don't know if you have any suggestions for. Uh, I would, you know, the historical the driver's education uh, that if yeah. if that's not something that they're already signing up for or being done, a lot of times it used to happen at the high school level. Um, there are other. Um, private companies that offer even driver training right. that will put them in the actually in the driver's seat behind the wheel um again that's that's uh, anything you can do like that just to give them more knowledge and more time training uh, just like anything it'll it'll help so uh, i know i see them out quite a bit when you're driving around you'll see a sticker on the student driver and that's that's a lot of times what you're seeing there so uh, all that if you can take if you can uh, afford the time and the resources uh, i would definitely encourage anybody to give that leg up to anybody learning how to drive yeah it's a I'm, I'm sure probably everybody in this room even if you grew up here uh it's not the same it's uh but uh, they don't get that chance to learn in those non-populated non-busy roads so it's uh we got to give them every advantage they can and on that note we say a special thank you to murfreesboro police chief michael bowen captain clayton williams and pio larry flowers for joining us this morning we are broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios. Did you know that you can see power outages in real time by visiting mte.com? Download the My MTE app in Google Play or in the iTunes Store and keep up with your electric usage. Simply search for My MTE today.